It's interesting that our study today is entitled Fear Not. Do you know that sometimes it's good to, to have fear? Fear is good. You know, I attended the homegoing service for Anita's brother-in-law on Friday, and he was on the defense force. He retired with the rank of petty officer. Known him for a long, long time. And um, you know what brought him to the Lord? Fear. He was on the HMBS Flamingo on May 10th, 1980, when it was bombed by the Cuban MiG fighters. He led the boarding party that went on to the Cuban vessel that was illegally fishing. So he wasn't on the Flamingo when the, when the, when the planes hit it. But some of his, uh, his co-workers were there, and um, four of them were killed. Two of them were my schoolmates. Uh, one, I worked with a sister at Royal Bank, uh, but they were very young men. They were j just graduated from school. Yeah. You know, but uh, Kirby, uh, Nita's brother-in-law, and a couple others, the fear overtook them so much that they, they started praying and making promises to God. Lord, if you get us out of this alive, we'll serve you for the rest of our lives and we'll get saved. And you know what they did? Wow. Fear is a good thing. Yes. Kirby gave his heart to the Lord after he survived the Flamingo attack. And he's been serving the Lord uh, ever since. He retired from the Defense Force, uh, went to school, learned the trade, started a business. And then he and his wife started a bed and breakfast in Eleuthera a couple of years ago. <clears throat> when they rushed him to Nassau, he had high blood pressure. A young man, only 58, high blood pressure. And um, his sister-in-law, one of his sister-in-laws, gave a warning to the congregation at the funeral. Said, see why he's here today? Because he did not heed the warnings of high blood pressure. And she said, if you have high blood pressure, please get it checked out, take your medication. Said, he didn't have to be here today like this. You know, but the good thing is, fear brought him to the point where he gave his life to the Lord, and he touched the lives of many others. So fear is a good thing, uh, sometimes. Yeah. Let's look at the first question then, on page 37. First question on page 37. What are some of the most unusual phobias you've heard about? What are some of the most unusual phobias you've heard about? Huh? Fear of flying. Fear of flying, okay. Being locked in an elevator. Being locked in an elevator? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Falling out of a tree. Falling out of a tree? Yeah. All right, tree. so you don't climb trees. Fear of heights. Darkness? Fear of heights. Heights, okay. Insects, reptiles. You know, um, um, Kevin Cooper. Uh, does general maintenance and recently he was working on those high rises by the caves. Mm -hmm. He was painting those. And uh, the guys who work with them, they would not go up on the scaffold. Those buildings are five, six stories high. And so he, only he and one other of his workers were, had the courage enough to go up there. And they had two contractors doing it. Kevin was one, another contractor was doing the other two buildings, there are four buildings. And uh, the other contractor, I was talking with him on Thursday morning, and he said that they went up and the winds picked up so much, one of the planks from the, from the scaffold fell down. Wow. And these guys did not have the courage to go back up there. <laughs> and I tell them, I don't blame them. <laughs> you know? But fear of heights is a good, it's a, it's a, you don't want to do, you don't want to go up on heights where you're going to. What others do we have? 
Cockroach. 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 Rats. Rats. Okay. Huh? Fear people breaking into your house at night, especially when you hear stuff, right? Here are some others. I want you to. I want you to tell me what you think these ones are. Arachnophobia. Spiders. Spiders. Fear of spiders. Heliophobia. Anyone know what that one is? No. Heliophobia. Helium. Heliophobia. What do you think that one is? Hell. <laughs> Heliophobia. No. That's the fear. The fear of sun, sunlight, or bright light. Know anybody who fear that? Sun, sunlight, or bright light. And here's another one. It's a big one. Arachub. Butyrophobia. Araki Araki butyrophobia. What do you think that is? No. What do you think that? Huh? Give us a like us a name. It has to do with eating. Oh, the the body eats the rest of the body or something. No. Eat flesh, eat flesh, eat. It's a simple one too. <laughs> In fact, I was listening to the radio this week and a lady was talking about it. No. 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 Let me tell you. The fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. But it's a long one. Araku butyrophobia. I and I heard this lady on the radio. I heard this lady on the radio uh, this week. She was and she was waiting to go into to the, to the recording room to talk on this talk show. And she was eating a peanut butter sandwich. And the peanut butter had her tongue stick to the roof of her mouth. And she was hoping and praying they don't call her because she couldn't talk. <laughs> Another one, uh, ergophobia. What do you think that is? Ergophobia. Biggie goey. This one I think a lot of people in the Bahamas have. It is an abnormal and persistent fear of work or finding employment. I think some people have that. You know, there are people who don't like to work, and you wonder why? They probably got this phobia. Okay, the other one is. Philophobia. You should know that one. You know what philo is, right? It's one of those Greek words for love, right? So what is philophobia? What do you think that is? Too much love, eh? Too much love, No need too much love. Not enough love, Rejection. Rejection? Uh, no, not really. Anyone else? Okay, this is the irrational fear of falling in love or emotional relationships. Say too much love. <laughs> okay, last one. Pogonophilia. 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 We have to know the root words. This one is the extreme dislike or fear of beards. Oh, that is not you. Hey, me. <laughs> yeah, some people don't like beards. Okay, let's look at uh, Bible Meets Life on page 38. <laughs> she missed over 10,000 sunsets. For nearly 30 years, 
Marjorie Goff never left her apartment. She suffered from severe arachophobia, mm -hmm. an anxiety disorder in which a person fears open spaces and crowds. Mm. Driven by fear, Marjorie created a self-imposed prison out of her apartment. Only after a caring friend patiently coaxed her into therapy did Marjorie experience the beauty of the outdoors again. Marjorie found freedom and healing when she accepted the truth. She stopped believing in she stopped believing the lie about herself and her circumstances. She acted on the truth and stepped outside. We all know what it is to fear. And when we consider the evil in the world, we can truly feel afraid. Satan and the spiritual forces of darkness are real. They seek to do us harm. That's scary. Fortunately, as we'll see in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 through 6, Christians need not fear the work of Satan or demons because the one in us is greater than the one in the world. Amen. Okay, so what is the point of our study today? We don't need to fear evil forces when we're in Christ. Okay, so let's remember that regardless of whatever phobia you may have, you don't need to fear anything because we are in Christ. Amen. And when we are in Christ, we are straight, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, the setting uh, for our study today, let me give you that as we go into it. Uh, we need to look at a couple of passages of scripture. You could probably turn to them. Uh, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 13, uh, verses 1 to 5. Someone turn to that and hold it. Got it. 18 and 22, Deuteronomy, and Ephesians 5, 18. So we have those passages. You can read them when we get to them. The Apostle John wrote the book of 1 John to a church in which false teachers were advocating a view of Christianity different from that of the apostles. In other words, they were teaching false teachings. These false teachers eventually left the church, but lingering doubts remained among members of the early church as the nature of the true Christian beliefs and practices. And that often happens. John wrote this letter in order to deal with these false teachers and to replace their heretical teachings with the truth. Now we have that today uh, in many, many churches uh, here on the island. People go into churches and they spread false teachings. And even though they get rid of them, those teachings remain and they linger in the hearts and minds of people and many people can't grow in their faith as a result of that. Uh, let's look at the first passage we have. First uh, John, chapter 4, 1 to 3. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit. We test the spirits to see if they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is cut in the flesh is from God. Okay. Okay, you can stop right there. Yeah, uh, that, that phrase, test the spirits, let's look at that for a few minutes in, in verse 1. Uh, one of John's major goals in this letter, in his letter was to refute the heresies 
of false prophets and teachers who are trying to deceive the church. Uh, and this is according to 1 John 2 and verse 26. But he says, I'm writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you astray. His readers were wrestling with the teachings of individuals who claimed their messages were based upon revelation from God. Beware of individuals who told you that when they were sleeping last night, God gave them a revelation. If it doesn't come from the scriptures, don't listen to it. However, John warned his readers not to believe every spirit. Instead, he instructed them to do what? Test the spirits. Test the spirits. To test the spirits means to examine the messages of those claiming to be prophets and teachers to see if they are from God. The term for spirits is used of the Holy Spirit uh, according, to verse, according to Matthew 1.18 and also Matthew 1.20. Uh, Matthew 1.18 says, This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, <clears throat> but before Mary took place, before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Okay, and then uh, verse 20 says, And he considered this, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, Joseph, son of David. The, angels, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Okay, and then also, <clears throat> the Greek is also used when speaking of the angels. And uh, we also see that in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, which says, Therefore, angels are only servants, spirits sent to care for, per for people who will inherit salvation. And we often talk about us having a guardian angel. Mm -hmm. However, it's also used uh, for what scripture identifies as evil and unclean spirits. And we see a lot of that in the scriptures, right? Mm -hmm. According to Luke chapter 11, verse 24 and 26, verse 24 says, when an evil spirit leaves a person, <coughs> it goes into the desert searching for rest. But when it finds none, it says, I will return to the person I came from. Verse 26 says, then the spirit finds seven other spirits, more evil than itself. And they all enter the person and live there. And so that person is worse off than before. And so this verse talks about the evil spirits. But they also, it also talks about uh, demons, according to Revelation chapter 16. Uh, verse 13 says, And I saw three evil spirits that looked like frogs leap from the mouths of the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. They are demonic spirits who work miracles and go out to all the rulers of the world to gather them for the battle against the Lord on that great judgment day of God the Almighty. All right, John's readers were dealing with false prophets who had gone out into the world to do all kinds of damage in the church among God's people. These false teachers had been active in the church, but he eventually identified with the world rather than with God's truth, and they ended up leaving the church. Uh, John, uh, 1 John 2.19 says, These people left our churches, but they never really belonged with us. Otherwise, they would have stayed with us. When they left, it proved 
they did not belong with us. And so we see people at church sometimes and uh, there are issues with them and they leave because they, are, they don't like what they see going on and they want things their way and because they can't have it their way they go somewhere else. That's the kind of people that John is talking about here <clears throat> because what they teach is not consistent with what the church is teaching which is the truth of God's word and they can't deal with that so they go and they do their own thing go somewhere else. Well, John says, well, don't worry about that. They didn't belong there in the first place. Okay, so don't worry about them leaving. Some people get upset when people leave churches here. They don't get upset because, as John said, they may not have belonged there in the first place. Right. Especially if you have all kinds of problems with them. And they're questioning all kinds of things when the, when the scripture is clear. Question number two. Who comes to mind when you hear the words discernment and why? not a word that we hear very often today, right? But what comes to mind when you hear that word discernment? Be aware. Be aware? Okay. Could be thoughtful, eh? Alright. Let's look at the paragraphs beneath the verse there. And I didn't finish the last ten verses. But every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming. Even now, it is already in the world. Okay, go on. <laughs> because, because God's people in common false prophets in the Old Testament, God revealed two standards through Moses that enables people to distinguish between truth and false prophets. If a prophet announced a special sign of wonder that came true, and then encouraged the people to follow other gods, he was a false prophet. Deuteronomy 13, 1 to 5, someone have that? If there arise among you a prophet, or a dreamer of dreams, and giveth thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder come to pass, Whereof he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods, which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet, or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God proveth you, to know whether ye love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul. Ye shall walk after the Lord your God, and fear him, and keep his commandments, and obey his voice, and ye shall serve him, and cleave unto him. And that prophet, or that dreamer of dreams, shall be put to death, because he had spoken to turn you away from the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt, and redeemed you out of the house of bondage, to thrust thee out of the way which the Lord thy God commanded thee to walk in. So shalt thou put the evil away from the midst of thee. Okay, continue, Sister Brenda. True teaching never stares us away from the one true God. If a prophet announced something that did not come true, he was a false prophet. See, 1822. When a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing fall or not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken, but the prophet hath spoken it presumptuously, thou shalt not be afraid of him. Okay, go on. God is all powerful and cannot lie. So his words will always come true, no exception. 
Many centuries later, the Apostle John was still dealing with Paul's teachers. This time as a leader in the early church. Do not believe every spirit, John wrote, but test the spirits to see if they are from God. Satan had updated his tactics at the launch of the church to include distortion of the truth about Jesus Christ. That's because Christianity rises or falls, falls based on what we believe and what we teach others about Jesus. John gave us a Christ-centered test by which to evaluate a person's beliefs and teaching. Stated simply, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come into the flesh is from God. Next page. There are two key elements to this test. The first humility of Jesus Christ is affirmed. Note the emphasis on the phrase, come in the flesh. Christ was not a spirit being, he was a human being. John used the name given at his birth, Jesus. He was fully a man. The full divinity of Jesus Christ is affirmed. John also used the title given to Jesus Christ. He is the anointed one from God, the Messiah. He is God. The Jesus revealed in the Gospels is clearly the Son of God who lived among the Jews, was crucified and died a real death. Jesus also experienced a physical resurrection on the third day after his crucifixion. This resurrection confirms everything he thought and showed that his life and death were approved by God. Therefore, when you want to test the validity, validity of validity, find out what that group teaches about Jesus. For example, Mormonism teaches that Jesus was the first third child born to humanity's heavenly parents. Jehovah's Witnesses teach that Jesus was a spirit created spirit creature. Spirit creature created by God, who later came to earth as a man. Islam teaches that Jesus was a highly reserved prophet. Revered. Revered prophet. But he was not the son of God. Hinduism. Hinduism teaches that Jesus was a man who reached good consciousness. God consciousness. Reached God consciousness. The spirits are clear. Scriptures. The scriptures are clear. Jesus is both fully human and fully God. Any religion, philosophy, or individual that rejects that quantum memory did not originate with God. Satan is a master of corrupting the truth. But when we remain discerning and keep our eyes open by continually testing 
word we see and hear against God's word. We must not be caught in error. Okay, there's a lot of food there for thought, isn't it? Yes. Okay, and so we have a guideline there. We have a guideline there on how we can test the spirits. Notice a couple of things uh, that was pointed out there, and that is that Satan, uh, the final two paragraphs on page 39, Satan has updated his tactics at the church, at the launch of the church, to include distortions of the truth about Jesus Christ. Be careful, watch out for that. That's because Christianity rises or falls based on what we believe and what we teach others about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Keep that in mind. And then the, the last one, uh, John gave us a Christ-centered test <coughs> by which to evaluate a person's beliefs and teachings. Simply stated, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh yes. is from God. If you hear anything otherwise, then you don't want to hear what that person has to say. You need to tell them what the scriptures teach us. All right? Uh, so we saw that bullet list, right? Yes. And uh, those uh, different religions, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, that's the most common one, right? Yes. Mormon, the Mormons are the, what, Church of Christ of Latter-day Saints? Yes. Okay, you watch out for them. But we have an idea of what they teach in a, in a nutshell. All right, so you know what to look for. They may come with a lot of flattering words, and, and you know, they, they like Satan. They, they change their strategies as you catch on to what, who they are and what they're doing. They will not introduce themselves as Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses, or Islam or Hinduism. Okay, they'll come present themselves in a more traditional way. But uh, what you need to be concerned about is what they teach, what they have to say. Okay, let's look at the other passage. Uh, just that one verse, as we continue with verse one, verse, verse three. Read that verse again. But every spirit. Verse three. Back on thirty-nine. Yeah, back on thirty-nine. Uh, we're looking at that verse again. The last part of that, that verses one, four, one to three. Okay. Yeah. But every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming. Even now, it is already in the world. Okay, let's look at that phrase, Antichrist there. All right, the term Antichrist. We hear that a lot, and uh, we often associate that with the end times, which is true. Uh, The term Antichrist has at least two possible meanings. First, the proposition anti in Greek can have the meaning against. Mm -hmm. Therefore, an Antichrist might refer to someone who opposes or stands against Christ. Mm -hmm. Not only against Christ, but against Christ and his work. Mm -hmm. Anything that has to do with Christianity and anybody who is opposed to it is Antichrist. And that, the, all those uh, religions we just saw on that list would fit in that category. Mm-hmm. The Jehovah's Witness, the Mormons, and the Hism, and, and, and all those others. Mm-hmm. Second, the proposition in the Greek can also have the meaning of in place of. Therefore, reference to an Antichrist might mean someone who tries to replace Jesus 
with himself or somebody else or something else. The traditional view of the end times Antichrist is closer to the first definition, and that is a person who stands against Christ. Only John used this exact term in the New Testament. He was the only writer that did. And we see that uh, he used it in a couple of passages. First John chapter 2, verse 18, he says, Dear children, the last hour is here. You have heard that Antichrist is coming, and already many such Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that the last hour has come. And then John, uh, 1 John 2 and verse 22. And who is a liar? Anyone who says that Jesus Christ is not, that Jesus is not the Christ. Anyone who denies the Father and the Son is an antichrist. And then 1 John chapter 4 and verse 3. says, but every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the antichrist which you have heard is coming, and even now is already in the world. And then the last passage, uh, 2 John verse 7. Of course, 2 John only has one chapter, verse 7. I say this because many deceivers have gone out into the world. They deny that Jesus Christ came in a real body. Such a person is a deceiver and an antichrist. So we get it very clear on what an antichrist is. All right, we have a clear definition on what that is and what, how we can identify the antichrist. Earlier in the letter, John used it in both the singular and the plural, where John <coughs> apparently was referring, referencing both the end times individual identified as the antichrist and many others who have the same spirit of antichrist. John stressed that these antichrists were already present, attempting to lure believers in Christ away from the truth. John reaffirmed this in verse 3, noting that the spirit of antichrist is already in the world. And that's what we read in verse 3. He says they're already here. Okay? The antichrist is already here. And they come in many forms. And I guess the Jehovah's Witness is the most popular form that we are familiar with in the form that they come in. So be cautious, be aware of them, know them. Question number three, what are some distortion, distortions of the nature of Jesus we still hear today? He's not the Son of God. He's not the Son of God, okay. What else do we hear? He was not born on the 25th of December. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wasn't born on the 25th of December, right? Okay. What other distortions do we hear about him today? He has not been resurrected. <laughs> okay, he didn't raise from the dead. Okay. But I think it wasn't a virgin birth, too. He wasn't a virgin birth? Okay, what else do we hear? Okay. Uh, look at the uh, the paragraphs. Let's look at the paragraphs here on that, that verse. Uh, the Final two paragraphs on page 40. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
descriptions are clear. Jesus is both fully human and fully God. <coughs> any religion, philosophy, or any religion that rejects that fundamental foundational, foundational truth did not originate with God. Okay. Satan is a master of corrupting the truth. But when we remain designing and keep our eyes open by continually testing what we see and hear against God's word, we will not be caught in error. Okay, so you see that word discerning? Mm -hmm. When we remain discerning, mm -hmm. we keep thoughtful of the truth yeah. of what the scriptures teach. Mm -hmm. Keep it in mind. Mm -hmm. And we keep our eyes open continuously, testing what we see and hear against the word. We, can be, we, we will not be caught in error. Mm -hmm. But this is all only possible though if we're in the Word every day. Right. So that we know and we can have that discernment. You've got to be in the Word. The truth. That's why everybody should do their homework. Right, stay in the Word. And don't take any of that material those people give you. Okay, that's intended to mix you up. You know, they'll tell you, oh, if you don't have the time to listen to me, you mind if we just leave something with you? No, 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 you can take that and give it to somebody else. You know what I tell them? I said, you know, I wouldn't read it anyway. So you might as well keep it and give it to someone else who will take it. Okay, I know we try to be, we try to be nice and kind sometimes and say, yeah, all right, yeah, I'll take it. And then tear it up. And then tear it up or throw it away. Or sometimes people even read it. And then they read it and they get mixed up because that's what it's intended to do. It's intended to confuse you. So don't read it. Don't don't accept it. Or if you accept it, if you know how to, if the if you want if you want to be nice and accept it and courteous, take it and then just discard it. But I would say you know I would say to them, listen, you know nothing you have to say have any interest of me to me. You know you can you can give it to somebody else. Have a nice day. You know, and now if I have time, and most of the time they show up is when you don't have time. Okay, if you have time, you you can share the true gospel with them. But more than likely, they're not going to accept it because they have already been brainwashed uh, by by their teachings. And whenever they go out and they confront uh, individuals and they get questions that they can't answer, they go back in the huddle. And they, they try to figure out how they're going to counteract that question that came up that they couldn't answer in the first place. This last group came to me with this man, this little boy. And he let the little boy introduce himself and talk and everything. And he was just there smiling, smiling. And, uh, you know, I had to tell him, I said, look, I, you know, everybody knows Joe's business is a cult. You know, nothing you say is going to be of any interest to me. And I'm, I'm really busy. I really got to go. You all have a nice day. You know, uh, you know, if you have the time, it'll be good to share. Uh, the gospel, and if you really have the time, yeah. because they're going to fight you. Yeah. They're going to fight you. And their Bible is even different too? Yes, they have a different Bible. Uh, let's look at the activity there. Did anybody do that activity? Could not do it because I did not know the song. Never heard the song. But I took a while. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that song. Okay. That's a song. Do you know it? No, I don't. Okay, okay look at Spurgeon. Uh, look at what Spurgeon says there on page 41. If God declares that all is well, 10,000 devils may declare it to be ill, but we laugh that all to scorn. That's what you do. 
Okay, let's look at the other passage. I think it's the last one. The time is going here on us. Yeah. Let's read that last passage and then we'll wrap it up. You are from God. <laughs> you are from God, little children, and you have conquered them. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore, what they say is from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Anyone who knows God listens to us. Anyone who is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of deception. Continue. So far in this study, we've seen that we've seen what scripture says about the evil work of Satan, demonic forces, and paranormal practices. The dark side truly is dark, indeed. Christians may look at the different enemies arrayed against us and think, what chance do we have? Thankfully, John reminded us of two great truths in verse 4 through 6. First, you are from God. Believers, those who have a relationship with Jesus Christ, are brought into God's family. Therefore, we are secure in Him. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. John 10, 28 to 29. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 8, 38 to 39. Second, you have conquered those who have the spirit of the Antichrist. Our relationship with God is not just a secure defensive position, it's an offensive position. We don't conquer evil by cowering in a corner. Because we are in Christ, we can boldly step out, test the spirits, and represent Christ in the face of any and all evil we encounter. Of course, we don't, we don't conquer in our own power because we are from God and rest in Him. He has given us his, whole, his own Holy Spirit. And it's only through the presence and power of that Spirit that we can conquer. At the moment we trust Christ as our Redeemer and Lord, the Holy Spirit indwells us. Our relationship with Christ and the powerful presence of the Holy Spirit go hand in hand. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Romans 8 verse 9. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? 1 Corinthians 6.19 John reminded us about the incredible difference the Holy Spirit makes when facing the forces of Satan that oppose Christ. The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Satan may be powerful, but God's Holy Spirit is infinitely more powerful. The false teachers and false prophets may sound wise, but our God, our God's wisdom is boundless. The world can have great pull and persuasion, but the indwelling spirit is immeasurably greater. When we live under the Lordship of God, leaning on Him and filled with His Spirit, see Ephesians 5 and 18, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. He helps us to test the spirits we encounter. We don't need to fear being 
deceived by a powerful enemy. Why? Because we're resting in a greater power, the indwelling Holy Spirit who enabled us to know the spirit of truth and the spirit of deception. In Christ, we're placed in a great position to recognize evil and falsehood and to stand against it. We truly have nothing to fear. Okay. <clears throat> That's a mouthful. But let's look yes. at some of the main points. Uh, some of the main points that were mentioned there. Uh, thankfully, John reminded us of two great truths in verses 4 to 6. Okay, we keep those truths in mind. First, we are believers from God. <clears throat> First, you are from God, believers. Those who have a relationship with Jesus Christ are brought into God's family. Therefore, we are secure in him. Second, we have conquered those who are of the spirit of Antichrist. Our relationship with God is not just a secure defensive position, it's an offensive position. And finally, in Christ, we are placed in a great position to recognize evil and falsehood and to stand against it. We truly have nothing to fear. Uh, when the last Jehovah's Witness came to me and I told him about Jehovah's being an Antichrist and all this stuff, my daughter Juliana overheard me. And when I went inside, she said, Daddy, you were really not nice. <laughs> but sometimes you have to be that way. Make it clear. Make it clear. Question number five. Jesus is greater than those who oppose us. How will this truth influence your life today and in the days to come? God's Holy Spirit is infinitely more powerful. Mm -hmm. God's wisdom is boundless. Indwelling Spirit is immeasurably greater. We are resting in a greater power. Mm -hmm. And I can do all things in Christ. That's right. All right. Good points. And it's good to keep those points in mind. Uh, because the Satan will try to trip you up. That's his job. Okay, the point again. The point. We don't need to fear evil forces when we're in Christ. Okay, we're in Christ. So let's look at our marching orders here. What, what can we do uh, to put these things into, into action, to put feet uh, to what we've gone through here today? Consider some options for living based on the truth that we have nothing to fear when we are connected with Christ. First of all, memorize. Mm -hmm. If you're prone to fear, Memorize 1 John 4.4. 4. Mm -hmm. Place cards with this verse in various places where you will see them throughout the day. Recite it whenever you feel afraid. Mm -hmm. Let the scripture calm you. And then be filled. God has placed his Holy Spirit in your life. Stay focused in prayer so that you can continually rely on that spirit to fill you, lead you, and give you discernment. Remember the scripture says that the Bible, the Holy Spirit will remind us mm -hmm. of what we have studied and what we have read. Discernment. And then be discerning. Regularly evaluate the different voices you encounter in books, sermons, studies, online devotions, and articles. Determine what they believe about Christ and to what degree they lift up and honor the name of Christ. Amen. Okay, so focus. I think it's a good idea to do that because sometimes you're frozen with fear and you can't really do as much as you should do because you're so afraid of whatever's going on. That's right. And finally, severe phobias aren't the only factor that keeps us from experiencing the life 
we were meant to live. Yes, evil is real, but so is God. And he is far superior to any force or opposition that might move against us. So don't be afraid. Yes. Amen? Amen.